Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. What a great day, right? Like, what an awesome, amazing day. It has already been, if you are not here in this building, you are missing out. Um, we know a bunch of you watch from far, far away, but if you're in the Tulsa area, come on, it's better in person. I'm telling you, it's better in person. But hey, um, today we're in a second week of our series, If Only I Had Known. And I, before I get into that, I wanna make one quick announcement. Next week, we have our newcomers lunch right after second service. If you're fairly new to Foundations Church, I promise you it's not weird. Um, we don't ask for your firstborn um, to be a member here. If you're wondering how to be a member or just how to get more connected or wanna know more about the church, come on, lunch is on us. We've got childcare, so sign up online um, and get more connected. Find your church home. Don't just let Foundation Church be a church you go to, but let it be, that's my church, right? There's a difference. So, um, But today, we're in the second week of our series, If Only I Had Known, and the title of my message today Today is called Pickleball and the Sharon Spot. Pickleball and the Sharon Spot. Um, and as we get going, I'm gonna try to go quick and fast because I got a lot to get to. But I love this story about Netflix. Netflix was once an unprofitable startup challenging Blockbuster video. Come on, somebody. Somebody remember Blockbuster? <laughs> the bright blue and yellow, right? Um, and they were challenging them in the DVD rental era of mailing DVDs. Remember when Netflix did that? All the teenagers and college students are like, what are you talking about? Um, I don't know what a DVD is. And you know this and I know this, but Netflix has evolved into an entertainment behemoth. Reflecting on the company's history, co-founder Mark Randolph recalled a pivotal moment when he attempted to sell Netflix to Blockbuster for $50 million in the year 2000. Now Netflix is valued at over $150 billion. He said, Blockbuster's executives laughed us out of the room. Given Netflix's lack of profitability at the time, the proposed amount might have appeared too high. Randolph vividly remembers how Blockbuster executives laughed at their proposal, a stark contrast to the current state of affairs where Blockbuster has dwindled to a single store in Bend, Oregon, right? Like weirdos. Um, while Netflix thrives. I love what Randolph says. He says, looking back, Randolph believes a crucial lesson to be learned from this experience, a lesson Blockbuster learned too late. And he said this, if businesses are unwilling to change, there will always be someone else willing to change them. This is now known, if you Google this, this is now known as the $150 billion mistake. The reason I say this is because I bet, I, man, I bet a lot of money, not $150 billion or even 50, because I don't have that. Um, but I bet you that if there were blockbuster executives here today in this building, they would say something close to the phrase, if only I had known. Right? If only I had known the opportunity I was missing. If only I would known have known the price of not evolving and changing like Randolph said, right? And our point today, the first thing I wanna to talk to you about and my first point today is this, if only I had known that the cost of staying the same is higher than the inconvenience of change. 
If only I had known that the cost of staying the same is higher than the inconvenience of change. Right now, a big popular sport in the world is called pickleball. Um, I don't know if you know what pickleball is. If you don't, I'm gonna define it for you in the best terms I can. It's like tennis meets ping pong. It is, is a fairly accurate, not completely accurate, but close description of what pickleball is. And I'm gonna just address something because there's a lot of you that think I hate pickleball, a lot of you that I have disdain for pickleball. I'm gonna, I don't hate it, I don't like it though. And at my gym, they turned one of the basketball courts into a pickleball court. And I was like, you idiots, what are, what are you doing right now? Like, this is a basketball court, not a pickleball court. They had to take goals off. I'm like, the only reason we joined this whole dumb, expensive gym was because you had two courts. And now you're making, and it was the best thing they did. Like, it, there's people playing pickleball all the time. And, and here's my problem, and here's the rub for me, is that people want me to play pickleball with them all the time, and I refuse. And there's a good reason. Because, because the only people playing pickleball are younger people, like college and teenagers, and it's fun, and they're like, come out and play with us, PJ, it'll be fun. I'm, and then the only other people playing pickleball are old people. Now I know I'm not college age, but I know also I'm not that old, right? Like I'm like, I'm, I'm somewhere, I'm, I, I know I'm not young, but I know I'm not old. And my feeling is, and this is the whole reason I don't play pickleball. If I play pickleball in my mind, I am one step away of my afternoons being full of shuffleboard dominoes and waking up in the morning and reading the paper and filling the crossword out, right? Oh, I can't have coffee after four o'clock, you know, like. I don't even have the paper, but I'm gonna order the paper as soon as I start playing pickleball, right? Because if people see me playing pickleball, they're not gonna be like, oh, look at that young man playing pickleball. They'll be like, oh, it happened to him too. The problem is this, I know that when I'm in the gym and I'm working out, I can't work out and I can't do things like I used to do in my mid-20s. Because if I do, I'm going to get hurt. I'm gonna get badly injured because I was stupid in my 20s. And, and today, that is the same thing for you and I. If I don't change, the way I'm working out, the person that gets injured is me. And today we're talking about something way bigger than pickleball and lifting weights. Today we're talking about life. And there's some of us that you know, you know, you know, you need to change. You know there are things and there are habits that need to change in your life that you've been pushing away and pushing away and you don't wanna deal with the inconvenience of change, right? You don't wanna deal with the pain that change brings, but can I tell you, the price of staying the same is way higher than the price of changing and the inconvenience of changing. And the person that gets injured by not and refusing to change is you, and those that are closest to you. And the Bible says this, in Romans chapter six, verse one through two, it says, well then, should we keep on sinning 
so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not, right? Like, no, that's not, that's not what grace is all about. That's not why Jesus came and died on a cross. Since we have died to sin, as we just witnessed in baptism, how can we continue to live in it? First John chapter three says this, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning doesn't know him or understand who he is. Dear children, do not let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, it shows that they are righteous even as Christ is righteous. Can I tell you, both of these scriptures are showing us that grace was extended, not so that we could stay the same, right? Not so that we could continue to stay in a lifestyle of sinning, but that we can move on. And, and John is talking, and the Bible's talking about this. He's not talking about, like, I was raised very legalistic, like the moment you said a cuss word, your salvation was gone, right? I lost it every Monday at school. Like it was just gone. I was at the altar every Sunday. Like, God, I'm going to hell, right? Like, like that's the way I grew up. But some of us, we're the exact opposite spectrum of it. And we think we can do anything and we can say anything and we can have habits and we can do all these things. And this is our reasoning. Well, God will just forgive me. Right, well, that, that's what grace is for. No, 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 you're misunderstanding what forgiveness and grace is all about in the first place. And John says this, and the Bible says this, and I don't make the rules, I'm just telling you what's written in his word. That if this is the way you're thinking, John said it, the John the beloved, the disciple, and the Bible says, you don't even understand who God is or how God works. And if John was to write it today, I think he would say it this way. Not just don't let anyone deceive you about this, but don't get it twisted, baby, right? Like don't, don't get this, don't let somebody deceive you, don't let somebody fool you. And today, it's not about struggling with sin. All of us struggle with sin. What this is about is surrendering to it. And some of us, we just surrender to it. And we said, oh, well, this is just who I am. It's a good thing there's God's grace. No, 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 that's just who you've settled into being. Right, well, I'm just a jerk. No, 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 you just decided to stay a jerk. Right, I'm just an adulterer. No, you just decided to go sleep around on your husband or your wife. Oh, I just have an anger problem. No, you just decided to surrender to your anger instead of leading through your anger. And today is a day where somebody somewhere decides that, you know what, if I keep staying the same, that's way more costly than the inconvenience that God is calling me to and deciding to change. So let me ask you a question as we're going through this. What do you need to go, what do you keep going back to that you need to walk away from? This morning, what do you keep going back to that you need to walk away from? What's the actions that you need to walk away from? What are the habits that you need to walk away from? But you keep going back to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 through 22 says, and when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they're worse off than before. It'd be better if they had never known the way of righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They prove the truth of this proverb, a dog returns to its vomit and another says a washed pig returns to the mud. And what do you keep returning to that you know? Man, this morning, 
you know you need to walk away from it. Some of us, it's dysfunctional and unhealthy, unhealthy habits. Our habits, we know they're not good. We're just like, I just got a bad habit. No, 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 understand this. As your habits go, so does your life. And at the end of your life, your life is going to resemble your habits, not your good intentions. And what we call habits, we need to call actions. That is the action of our life. And some of us, we want to excuse it as a bad habit. No, no, no. It's way bigger than that. And you can't just dismiss it today because by you dismissing it, what you are choosing to do is excuse it instead of change it. You're deciding to stay in your dysfunctional habit instead of stepping into all that God has for you and you are fooling yourself. For some of us, it's a dysfunctional relationship. Some of you, you have toxic friendships. They always lead you to do wrong. They always lead you to compromise. They're always talking about you. They're always gossiping about you. They're always like, putting you in hard situations and you know that the best thing and the thing that you need to change is the friendships that you have. For some of you, it's a relationship you have with a parent or a kid, right? And they're just being toxic and they're being hateful and they're being divisive. And you're gonna have to decide to change or maybe it's you in the relationship with your kid or you in the relationship with your parent, and you're not uh, reflecting the fruits of the spirit that is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, but you didn't know what, I, what they said. No, I didn't, but I know what you're called to bear. Some of us, it's how we're handling our finances. I didn't know this was a money sermon. Every sermon's a money sermon, come on. Right, you spend more than you make. You're in debt up to your eyes and you just think the next solution is to get another credit card with a better interest rate. Nope, right? You think the issue to your marriage will be solved by stuff. Can I tell you stuff never fixes issues? Never done, I've never seen stuff ever fix dysfunctional issues in a marriage. But man, don't we try to put a Band-Aid on a heart surgery? Man, some of us here, we keep spinning and we're greedy and we're not content and we want more and we're not generous. And some of you today, it's about not being dysfunctional and changing with the way that you function in your finances. It's your words because you got an anger problem. You got a gossip problem. You got a rumor problem. And I'll say it again. I say this all the time. More damage has been done in the church by gossip and rumors than anything outside the church has ever done. More people are run off by us running our mouths over things that may be true or may not be true, but it's not your story to share. So shut your mouth, mama. It's not your story to share. And we wanna see more lives being changed, but can I tell you, if we're talking about them instead of loving them, that's not gonna happen. And we've gotten dysfunctional instead of changing. We've got addictions and we're covering up things we know we need to expose and change and some of us keep going back to what you know, what you know today you need to walk away from. So the question is this, I hear what you're saying, Justin. What you're saying is true, but how? Because some of you, you've tried New Year's resolutions and you've already abandoned that New Year's resolution, right? You had a New Year's resolution to eat well and your freezer is full of ice cream and your, your, your pantry's full of Twinkies and chips. 
And you can be like, oh, it's a health, it's a light Twinkie. There ain't no such thing. Get out of here. Well, if I, just, if I just start a new habit and practice it for 30 days, can I tell you, for some of you, your dysfunction's way bigger than 30 days. So what do, you, what do you do? Because just having a new habit isn't gonna fix you, right? What do you, what do, you do? Because, but, because you just having a New Year's resolution isn't going to fix you. I wanna give you our last point, and it's three things you gotta do in one point, and it's simply this. If you're gonna truly step into the change that God is calling you to, you gotta humble yourself, listen, and apply God's word. You gotta humble yourself, Listen and apply God's word. Pride and excuses are the number one thing that keep us from changing. Because where there's pride, there are excuses instead of changes. And this is what pride sounds like. This is the phrases pride loves to use. Well, it's not that bad. Well, you just don't get it. You just don't understand. Well, my situation is different. And do you hear what pride is doing? It's already making excuses instead of accepting changes. I'm not the same as you or anyone else. No, you are not. You're an idiot, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I can handle this. I got this. I know when too much is too much. And here's what I would say, no, you don't. Pride always excuses, it never changes, it never listens, and it costs you, and as a result, you live up living your life in a foolish, foolish way. And here's what the Bible says about pride. It says this in Proverbs 12, verse 15, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs 14, eight, the prudent understand where they're going, but fools deceive themselves. I got this. I can handle this. My situation's different. You just don't understand. Proverbs 18, two, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions, and I would put even excuses. And today, nothing's going to change if you think your way is the right way and that there's nothing wrong with the way that you're living because you're busy deceiving yourself instead of listening to the change God wants to implement into your life. And until you humble yourself and you realize, man, I don't have it all together, you're never gonna change. So humility in this point's a big one. When my mom was alive, um, her name's Sharon Graves. Um, she's passed away for about a little over 10 years, but when she was alive, two notorious things would always happen with my mom almost on a daily basis. She would... When she put lipstick on, she would always get lipstick on her teeth. Bright red, too. Be like, Mommy got something there, right? Um, and the second thing is she would always get food stuck in the same place in her mouth. Front right, front right. Um, and, and here's the just glorious thing about being her offspring is that I have inherited those traits. Not the lipstick so much. Um, <laughs> It's just on Friday nights. I got to get sanctified and ready for Saturday night, right? But, but um, getting food stuck in the front right part of my mouth happens on a regular basis. And Casey will look at me and she'll go, I have no idea. Like, there can be a whole corn out up there, right? Like, there can be a piece of corn, a bean, I have no idea. And Casey will look at me and go, hey, Justin, you got something in your sharing spot. And I know exactly what she's talking about. I'm like, right there, right there. And I'm just like, did I get it? She's like, I'm like, did I get it? 
right? That's what we do. Like they couldn't see it before where you were trying to hide it. Now we're like, did I get get it? Um, (laughs) So I'm like, did I get it? She's like, no, you made it worse. And so I'm like, so now I will do it back to her. I'm like, hey, you got food in your teeth. She has nothing in her teeth. I just want to get her back. Um, And the kids will join me like, yeah, mom, you've really got it. She's like, anyways, um, I can't see what's in my Sharon spot. Casey can, and she cares enough about me to point it out to me. Can I tell you, you need friends, you need friends in your life that will tell you when your fly's unzipped and you got food in your teeth. That was free and not even in the Bible. And my wife and my kids care enough that they can be like, Dad, Justin, you got food in your sharing spot, and I know exactly what they're talking about. And here's what doesn't happen. When they tell me this, I don't go, oh, you just see all my imperfections. I'm never good enough, am I? Right, I don't run off and be like, you embarrassed me in front of all my friends and told me I had food in my teeth. It doesn't happen. Right? Yeah, why don't you worry about the food in your teeth before you worry about mine, right? Like you worry about the speck in your own eye, right? No, my wife and my kids and my friends care enough about me to tell me what I can't see. And can I tell you, today as your pastor, I love you enough to tell you, you got a blind spot. We all have it. You got a sharing spot today in your life that you can't see, that you don't know. And here's the great thing. As your pastor, I love you enough to tell you, but your heavenly father loves you enough and knows you enough to point it out to you if you will humble yourself and ask. Psalms 139 says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And I love this, point out anything in me that offends you. Not others, you're gonna offend everybody, right? That's just life. Not that offends me, but God, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And here's what I can promise you today. If you'll ask your heavenly father, man, point out, to, point out in me anything that offends you, he'll point it out because he loves you enough. And you got blind spots and I got blind spots. And I got a sharing spot when it comes to my soul of things that I need to change that I don't even see. But can I tell you what else he does? He sends other people to point them out to you as well. And if you don't humble yourself and listen, you're going to miss out on the wisdom. And let me, how do I know? How do I know who I should listen to? First thing is this, are they a believer of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ, and is their life producing fruit? Because Jesus says you will know a tree by the fruit it bears, right? And so you're being like, well, I shouldn't judge. No, you're just observing. There's a difference between judging and observing, right? If somebody's trying to give you marriage advice and they're on their 10th marriage, you can just keep walking, right? (laughs) Unless they're telling you what not to do. You're observing. But if they are for you and they are a follower of Christ and their life is bearing fruit, listen up. Because God has brought them to your path to point out your sharing spot, to point out your blind spot, that you can't see it, but they see it, and they love you enough to point it out. And then it's a matter of applying, a listening and applying what God's word says and what others instruct. Right? What God's word says and what others are giving us biblical counsel. James 1 verse 22 says this, but don't just listen to God's word. 
You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Some of us today, we have fooled ourselves for long enough. And you're in relationships and you are flirting with the opposite sex and you're talking and you're conducting yourself in a way you know you shouldn't. Don't fool yourself today. You know better, but knowing better doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna do better. What means you're gonna do better? When you start applying the knowledge that you have. I mean, knowledge is an, uh, is an uh, you, you acquire knowledge, right? That's being knowledgeable, you know things. Can I tell you, wisdom is applying knowledge. And some of us, we know a lot of things to do and to not do, but we are empty and void of wisdom because we're not applying the knowledge that God has given us in his word and counsel and things that we just know that God is pointing out. And today is your day to live in a wiser, better way. But all that is dependent on one thing. Are you gonna make excuses or are you gonna make changes? Because here's what I know, and I'm closing with this. You can't make both. You can't make excuses at the same time you're making changes. You're gonna make one or the other. And today it's not just about knowing God's word. Today it's not just about knowing what I need to change. It's not just knowing where I have compromised that I need to come back to the Lord and let him change me and let him shape me. But today it's about changing, about humbling myself, listening and applying the word of God to my life. Because my prayer is this, is that you don't get to the end of your marriage because you never change your habits, you never change your actions, you never change the way that you were interacting with the opposite sex and you were never engaging in your wife or your husband like you should have and you come to a place and you say, if only I had known. This is your moment where you either make a change or an excuse. This is your moment in your finances. Either you're gonna make a change or an excuse. With your habits, you make a change or an excuse. In your walk with the Lord, that you make a change or an excuse. But this is your moment to lead you in a better way that brings promise and a whole lot less heartache and regret. Because my prayer as your pastor is that you see the blind spot, you see the sharing spot, and that you understand, man, change may be inconvenient, but staying the same cost way, way more. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray today that, that this would be one of those moments we humble ourselves. Because Lord, really the choice is this when it comes to humility. Either we humble ourselves or life will do it for us. And Lord, the first way is way better. And so I pray where, where our life is full of pride, where we're puffed up, where we're making excuses, I pray that we would take a step back and we would just get low and humble. And we'd listen to you today. And we repeat, repeat what the psalmist said. Search my heart, oh God. Search, search us today. See it, not how we pretend to be, but how we truly are and point out anything that offends you. And Lord, I pray that when you point it out or when others point it out, that we just don't know it. But man, we listen and we apply your word, your principles, and we follow your path. Lord, I pray that we would understand there is a huge cost in not changing. 
There's a huge cost in letting pride drive our life and saying, this is just who I am. Lord, that we would humble ourselves and we would lean into you and we would be appliers of your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.